and welcome to another podcast on Spotlight on Natural Resources. Uh, here with me today is Dwayne Friend, and Dwayne is an extension educator with Natural Resources, Environment, and Energy. How are you doing today, Dwayne? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, absolutely. Always love uh, the topics that you bring to us today. Uh, so, how are snow, sleet, and freezing rain different? Well, and like we were just talking before we started the podcast, today, the day that we're doing this podcast, it's about uh, 50 degrees out and we've got uh, potential for severe thunderstorms tonight. So uh, I, when we talk about winter weather, we may have to revise our, our meaning of that in the future. But if we're talking about what we normally think of as winter weather, either the snow, the sleet or the freezing rain, uh, to start out with, just to talk a little bit about snow, and here's a little bit of trivia for folks. Doesn't matter what time of year it is, even if we get rain in the summertime or in the spring or the fall, it started out as snow. It just has to fall through about a thousand feet of above freezing temperatures to melt, which it can easily do in those warmer temperatures. But all precipitation away from the equatorial areas pretty much starts out as snow. So when we have snow, it's just that that freezing temperature allows that snow to fall all the way to the ground. And snow is something different than ice pellets because it goes directly from water vapor or the gas form of water to a solid. It doesn't go through that liquid phase. And when snow starts out, it has to form those little tiny ice crystals and it starts out pretty much microscopically but it has those first few water molecules that will uh, create those ice crystals, have to do that on a little particle of something else, whether it's a little particle of pollen, whether it's a dust particle, whether it's a smoke particle, it has to do that. It can't just form out of on nothing or just start by itself. Now, once it does that, you have other water molecules that come in and add to that. So that little, microscopic snowflake continues to grow and it can do it either by these, by these little facets that it starts out with, or it can branch out, or it can do a combination of both of those at the same time. And even just minute changes in temperature and precipitation can, can, cha can change how that process goes about. So you may have heard the term that no two snowflakes have ever been alike the potential for differences in the, that crystalline formation is pretty much infinite. So although over the, the millions and millions of years we've had snowfall on earth and the trillions of snowflakes that have been out there, I got to think a few of them have maybe been the same, but uh, who knows on that. Now the difference between snow and sleet is that again, it started out as snow, but then it goes through a warm layer up several thousand feet up above the ground. It melts that snow, turns it into rain, but then it has lots of time in colder air as it goes down to refreeze as an ice pellet. And that's, that's what sleet is. A lot of times when we get sleet, those events don't last very long because typically it's right as a front is coming through. So we're getting a transition maybe from rain to sleet and then to snow. So those sleet episodes typically don't last very long. Now, the difference between sleet and freezing rain is that warm layer of air is thicker 
and closer to the ground. So it doesn't have that opportunity to refreeze before it hits the ground, but as it's falling through that shallow cold layer, it does become really cool or super cold. And so once it hits the ground, anything on the ground, it immediately freezes. Now, freezing rain episodes, those can last for more than a few hours. The average time in Illinois for a freezing rain event, especially in central Illinois, is around nine to 15 hours. So you can get pretty significant icing during that long of an event. And we typically get anywhere from about four to five of those in Illinois throughout the year. So it's not something that we, we like to think of a whole lot, but it is something that's pretty common. And one of the things that may occur in the future is that as our winters continually get a little bit warmer, we may end up having more of these freezing rain events as opposed to snow events. Well, uh, the, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, there's always a, seems to be always a surprise that uh, is waiting for us around this time of the year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, now, we hear a lot about, uh, you know, differences in weather and, you know, one that seems to always pop up around this time of the year is a polar vortex. So what is a polar vortex? Yeah, that's a term that's been bandied about a lot in the last few years. The media got a hold of that and they, they thought that was pretty catchy. It's not really something new. It's been around forever. What the polar vortex is, is this typically, normally what it is, is this enclosed loop of winds above the North Pole. And actually there's one above the South Pole as well. And what it does is it kind of acts as a boundary line. It keeps that really cold air kind of bound up in that area. One of the things that happens though is sometimes there'll be a sudden warming up in the stratosphere or you know, 70, 80,000 feet up. And what that does is that weakens that loop of winds and makes it more wavy. And if it gets wavy enough, sometimes you'll get these pockets of really cold air that then are pretty much off by themselves. And then they can just travel. Uh, and in cases where it affects us, they can travel across Canada and then come into the Midwest. That's kind of what happened last year, that period from, uh, well, through mid-February, in mid-February, when we had that extremely cold, about 10-day period. It was a pocket of that really cold polar air that had broken off and more or less just stayed in this area for about a 10 day period. One of the things that researchers have uh, found and uh, are not that enthused about, I don't think anybody would be when I say this, but because again of this warming that's taking place, we may have more opportunities for that polar vortex to have these periods when it weakens and then get these pockets of cold air coming down. So even though on average, our winter temperatures are trending higher, we still may have short episodes where we have this extreme cold that occurs. So the, one of the bottom lines for that is people still need to be prepared for that extreme cold weather. It's not gonna be just a, a period of warmer weather throughout the winter. We still may have this extreme cold that occurs. So people need to be aware of that and make sure that they're prepared for these situations. Ah, very interesting. I wasn't, uh, was never really aware of how, uh, how that really worked. So I appreciate that explanation there. Sure. So as, as we continue into uh, the colder months here, 
Uh, what are some winter weather preparedness considerations we should make? Winter weather preparedness, just like any other type of, of preparedness for whether you're talking about natural resource disasters or, you know, here in the last couple of years, we, we found out how unprepared we were in general uh, if something happens where we're not allowed to, to get out of our houses for any length of time. And if we have a, a severe snow, uh, a blizzard or something, if we have an ice storm where electricity goes out, we need to be prepared for those periods of time when we may not have electricity, we may not have heat. The other part of that is if we are driving, we need to make sure our vehicles are prepared for winter weather also in terms of your, your coolant, your windshield wipers, your tires, making sure you've got things in your car in case you get stuck and, and get stranded somewhere at home. All of those things that you normally would have to consider for um, a disaster situation where you would be at home for some time, you know, food, water, um, medicines, uh, if you have kids, making sure you have all the food and uh, you know, a formula and diapers and those things handy. Um, all of those things that you would need to be able to get through for several days without having to be able to go to the store or get your uh, Amazon delivery, you have to consider those things and have those on hand. Uh, so it's just the, the normal things that you would think for everyday life, plus other things like fire extinguishers, um, blankets, uh, all of those things too. Because if you don't have heat for a couple of days, you're probably gonna have to contend with chilly temperatures. So uh, is it correct that like the general rule of thumb to have uh, some of those supplies on is what, three to seven days, correct? Or Three to that... seven days would be fantastic. The, typically okay. the, the minimum that uh, FEMA and the, the government suggest is a three-day supply. And if you think about most situations where we do have a blizzard or something like that, we may be talking about three days before some roads can mm -hmm. be opened up in some instances. Now we don't have that as often as we did back 30, 40, 50 years ago, but they can still happen. And again, with a polar outbreak, uh, an Arctic blast, if for some example, our uh, energy supply issues may come into play. Um, that happened down in Texas back in February. And it wasn't because of not being able to get out and about, but it was simply because of supply issues. Uh, some people were cut off from heat for many days. So uh, you know, and it's anything like that. You just have to be prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any additional resources uh, for folks out there? I do. In fact, uh, just recently, I did a webinar on this subject for winter weather where I talked about all of these things that I've just talked about in more detail. We should have that up through the U of I Extension website in a couple of weeks. And the name of the webinar was winter weather that was the basic title of it so if people are interested in finding out more about that they can look for that on the state extension website probably after the end of the holidays perfect well Dwayne, thank you so much for your time today and uh, taking us through some of these winter weather issues and safety here uh, well thank you and i hope everybody has a safe and enjoyable holiday season Yes, uh, everyone take care out there, be safe. Uh, thank you again for listening to this edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Have a wonderful way, thanks.